Canine Cast number 17. It's the Canine Cast with Tara and Walter. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Canine Cast. This is Tara. And hello everyone, it's Walter. Hi. Now in our last show, we talked about boarding your dog and how to find a good boarding kennel. So for tonight's show, we're going to flip it around a little bit and talk about ways to travel with your dog. Now, we had, ta- we had touched on this topic a while back when we talked about uh, disaster preparedness. And at that time, we had gone into it as what to bring with you if you, if you um, are getting ready or if you have a disaster and you need to bring supplies for your pet and how to safely um, travel short distances, um, maybe to a shelter um, with them. Now, after that episode, um, our listener Eric had written in and sa- and said that um, the, the only thing that I can think of that you didn't cover was transportation. Flying with a dog can be really complicated. For example, airlines won't transport animals in the cargo area if the temperature on the tarmac is above a certain temperature because the cargo areas aren't climate controlled in the same way as the cabin. So you have to take the dog with you in the cabin, and they've got to be in an approved bag that's small enough to fit under the seat in front of you. Plus, there's the issue of where to walk them at the airport, especially post 9-11, how to deal with them being stressed out, etc. Granted, in a disaster situation, you're probably not going to be flying, but even driving with a dog can be complicated if you're by yourself. So we're going to go ahead and touch on, touch on that a little tiny bit. Um, First, first of all, flying with a dog, as Eric pointed out, it is very, very complicated. Um, basically, if your dog is small enough to fit into a bag that can fit under the seat and still have room to kind of stand up and move around, then you're allowed to bring your dog into the cabin with you. Of course, if you have, uh, if you have a guide dog or other certain types of service dogs, then those are allowed in the cabin as well. But other other dogs that are too big to fit under the seat, and that's most dogs because, as you all know, under the seat isn't very large. Um, actually, need to go in, actually need to go in the cargo area. And what he was talking about with um, with them not transporting animals if if the tarmac is above a certain temperature. Um, actually, I I looked that up according to um, agilityability.com, which is a website about agility, um, a dog sport where people end up traveling quite a bit. What they said there is that general, generally, the generally the cutoff is going to be above 85 degrees or below 10 degrees. They won't transport um, live cargo, meaning your pets. So you'll want to keep that in mind if you are wanting to fly at certain times of a year of the year. And it doesn't that doesn't count just for where you're flying out of. It also counts for where you're flying into. If in either of those places the temperatures are outside those zones, then they won't fly. In addition to that, different airlines have different restrictions as well. So depending on what airline you take, they may actually they may actually have it be a little bit higher or a little bit lower. Um, now, with all, with all of that said, my personal recommendation would be, unless your dog is small enough to go in the cabin with you, unless you do have a service dog, uh, unless so, in some way you can bring your dog with you in the cabin to not fly your animal unless it is an absolute emergency that, f- that cannot be get gotten around any other way. Um, sending, sending your dogs with cargo is, can be pretty dangerous for them um, because basically at that point they're baggage. Um, they, they 
go with the baggage. They fly with the baggage. And in there, it's not the temp- it's not um, temperature controlled. So that's part of why the that's part of why the different temperatures make a difference. It is pressurized, but um, but the temperatures aren't kept at a, at any specific level. So those can vary quite a bit in transit for your dogs. Um, also, if you are if you are sitting, say waiting for the plane to take off, which I'm sure many of you have experienced those long waits. It can get pretty hot down there for the dogs because air isn't flowing through there at that time. So, um, so you really want to be careful about that. Now, um, I did go in. If you if you are in the situation where you absolutely must fly with your dog and your dog is too too big to go in the cabin with you, then I went ahead onto the ASPCA website. They have a wonderful top ten list of flying safely with your dog, and on there. They basically say the same thing that I do, that it's best to not fly with your dog. Um, I, I personally, I wouldn't, I, I haven't taken my dogs flying ever. Um, when Walter and I go on vacation, we're perfectly happy to drive for 15 hours to bring them with us. But flying's not the route that we want to take. Just, you know, just as, as a point of reference, that's what we do. But um, the ASPCA agrees. They say it's not a good idea to bring your to bring your dog with you unless it can go in the cabin. But if you must travel with your pet, they have, um, as I said, uh, top 10 tips to keep them safe. Um, first, what you want to do before you are, before you're flying with your pet is you want to make an appointment with your veterinarian, make sure that all of your vaccinations are up to date, and then you are going to need a health certificate from your veterinarian um, that needs to be dated within 10 days of departure. So, you're going to want to go see your veterinarian close to the time that you're going to be leaving. That's, um, you know, for the airlines because they do they do require that information, but also it's for you so that your veterinarian can bring up any concerns and let you know if there are any reasons why your dog should not be traveling at this time or if there's any health problems that would prevent safe travel for them. Um, number two, now when you actually go to go to the flight, Make sure that your pet is wearing a collar and an identification tag. Um, Basically, what can happen is your dog is going to be riding in a carrier, which, you know, which will be closed, but sometimes they do get out. Sometimes they can escape. And if that happens, then they need to know a way to get your dog back to you. So make sure that the identification that it's wearing has information on it, which will allow them to get in touch with you as you're in transit. So, I mean, it, it, it won't really be very helpful if your home phone number is on it and you're not home. So make sure to put your cell phone on it, um, maybe the cell phone numbers of people traveling with you as well, um, so, that your, so that your dog can be identified if they should escape. You're also going to want to book a direct flight um, as I said before, the, the dogs travel with the baggage. So, I mean, you're not going to be able to go put them on the plane yourself. The baggage handlers will do that. And the same as the baggage handlers move your bags when you, go, when you switch from one flight to another, they also do the same with your dog. And as everybody knows, um, baggage can sometimes get lost in the, in the scurry that goes on between flights. And unfortunately, dogs are no exception. Um, they've been known to get lost as well. Um, as a matter of fact, that one time happened to my mom when she was much, much younger. Um, she used to fly across the country with her dog because she lived in California and her parents were in New York. And one time she went, she 
got to California, or she actually got from California to New York, had a flight in between, and somehow her dog ended up in Chicago instead, which was not, not a fun, happy time for anybody. So try to get that direct flight if you possibly can, because it's one, um, it's one less place where your dog can be lost. Now, your, as I've said before, your dog will be in a carrier. There are specific certain types of crates that, are, that, you'll, that you'll need in order to transport your dog. You can't just bring them in anything. You want a USDA-approved shipping crate, and you want it to be large enough for your, for your dog to stand up sit in and turn around because they'll they'll be in there for quite a long time and if you think about how you feel sitting on the plane in one position for a very long time sometimes you want to get up and stretch same thing for your dog so make sure that it is that it is big enough for them you can get those from um, lots of pet supply stores and sometimes from the airlines themselves um, sometimes they'll be able to recommend a really good one now the next thing you're going to want to do is to decorate your crate um, basically, you're going to want to put on there, you know, live animal um, so that so that they know and, and put this in big letters so that nobody can miss it and go ahead and put up, put it on the top, put it on the sides everywhere. Go ahead and show them which side is up um, because that's something that will be very important for your dog. Um, also, write the write your name um, as well as the address and telephone number of your destination. So that, again, if something should happen to your dog and they find it, they can send it to where you will be. Um, it also would not be a bad idea to go ahead and put your cell phone number on there, um, cell phone numbers of other people in your party, and possibly the telephone number of your destination as well, if you know what that is. Um, also, go ahead and write down whether you will be picking up your dog, somebody else will be picking up your dog, so they kind of um, know who to look for if you know, if, if they need to contact you for any reason about your dog, um, make sure that the, th that the door on the crate is closed securely. You don't want your dog being able to get out and escape accidentally. Um, but on the other hand, you do not want to lock the door because if there is some type of an emergency so that the, so that, um, the personnel need to get in there, you want them to be able to. And with that, another good thing to put on your crate is something along the lines of, you know, not to be opened except by owner or veterinarian, um, something along those lines. Because if, you know, heaven forbid there's an emergency and they do need to go into your crate, well, we don't want anybody well-meaning going in there and, and hurting themselves, possibly hurting your dog. Um, and a veterinarian would be the best person who would know how to handle that situation. Um, a lot of airlines may, you know, may have veterinarians in different places that they can get in touch with. If they're used to transporting animals, then this is something that probably has come up before, but that's something that you can talk to them about um, when you're making your reservations and after, you are at, after you're at the airport as well. Um, now, it also does not hurt when you're, when you're decorating your crate with all of this information to go ahead and put on there your dog's name, um, kind of personalize it a little bit. Um, to, you know, just, just something to make it stick out in the mind of the personnel who are, who are actually going to be dealing with it. You know, hi, you know, hi, my, my name is Dolly and I'm going to, I'm going to Florida. I'm very excited. It's my first trip. You know, thank you for taking good care of me. That they'll, kind of they'll enjoy, you know, interacting with it then too, you know, if they know what's going on, it'll break up the monotony. Yes. Yes. Just a little bit, but it'll, it'll help, um, it stick in their mind. 
Um, and as well, you know, bribes are never bad either. If you want to bring them, you know, cookies or candies or something, something else to just um, try and help, help it stick in your mind. But also, you know, positive associations are good in, in these types of things. Um, oh, it also, also it tells you on here to put a current photograph of your pet on top of the crate. So that way, if it does escape and personnel are looking for it, they will have some clue as to what it looks like. Then um, also, of course, make sure that you have a picture of your pet with you. So again, again, if it does escape, if it does get out, um, you'll be able to you'll be able to show that to people to help you find it as well. Now, before you before you're going to the airport, this is the night before you leave. Um, one one good idea for something to do is to um, freeze water in a dish for your pet. Um, the reason why the reason why you freeze it is so that is so that way it can't spill during loading loading. But at, but it'll go ahead and melt, so your dog can drink if they're thirsty. Um, this is especially um, this is especially needed on longer flights, because um, you know your dog will get thirsty the same way that you would, and they do you know they do need a little bit of water. You don't want to give them too much to where their bladders are going to be uncomfortable, but um, but just a little bit to tide them over until you until you get out. Um, you can, if you'd like, um, put a small pouch. Of dried of dry food outside the crate, maybe some kibble, um, and you know maybe maybe a note to the airline personnel that they can feed that they can feed your pet, um, you know. And if you, I, I would recommend saying by you know putting it through the through the holes in the crate rather than opening it. Um, now, of course, only do this if your dog is friendly and normally amenable to that kind of thing. If um, you know if your dog gets stressed out by strangers under the best of circumstances. Then um, in, be in between and during airline flights probably wouldn't be the best time for that because um, your dogs will be more stressed out than normal during airline airline travel. Um, now, in the past, people used to tranquilize their pets in order to make it a little bit easier for them. However, um, nowadays the American Veterinary Association does not recommend that you do that. Um, it basically, basically the tranquilizers can have some unpredictable effects when you're in the air. So you can check with your veterinarian, but, um, most of the time it's recommended that you do not tranquilize your pet at all. Now, we had talked, talked before about, um, you know, bribing the different airline employees with, uh, candies and cookies and things. Um, go ahead and everybody that you interact with, tell them that you have, you know, that you have your pet with you that you you know that you're traveling with them they're in the cargo hold they mean a lot to you talk to them and just let them know what's going on again to stick in their mind because otherwise you know they they may not know and also if you have any if you have any concerns at all um don't don't be afraid to ask them um because it's it's very you know it's very valid and very important nobody is nobody there is going to care about your dog as much as you do, which isn't to say that they don't care. You know, a lot of them may care very much, but you know, it's your dog. Nobody loves them quite the way you do. So make sure that you, you know, if you need to speak up, be very nice and be very calm. But if you have to um, be persistent to make sure that, um, you know, that your dog is okay. And now, I mean, if, for example, the plane is delayed, um, you know, insi just insist that they check the animal, you know, when it's, when it's possible. And you, you may have to insist. I mean, if they, if they come back and, you know, they're, they're being nice and they say, oh, I'm sure the dog's fine, then, you know, it's perfectly acceptable and, and you probably should say, well, 
no, really, please actually look, you know, look at him and tell me, is he okay? Or call down to the baggage personnel. Um, if you, if you can possibly watch while they're loading the cargo and look for your dog's crate being loaded. Yeah, look out the window while you're in the plane. Exactly, exactly. And that, again, is where the crate decorations come in handy. Um, especially if you've put some brightly colored ones on there, you'll be able to recognize your crate from all of, from all of the other ones. Um, and keep in mind, too, that in, in certain situations, for example, if possibly if you are waiting on the tarmac for too long um, or, or um, you know, d you're delayed for some reason, they may actually um, remove your dog from cargo, um, deplane it for a while while you're waiting, um, just because that will be safer for them. So if that does happen, make sure that you, that you watch out the window, see if they are taking it off, and then make sure that they put it back on. And again, if you have to insist that they that they check to make sure that your dog is down there, then you go ahead and um, you know you go ahead and do that. And a great way to find out for sure that your dog is on is down there, um, ask them if the dog is there. When they say yes, ask them what the name of your dog is. And since you put it on your crate, they'll know. Now, don't ask them. You know, is Mitzi down there? Because they may just say yes. But if you ask them, you know, they ask them. You know. It, is my dog there? Have you seen my dog is there? Yes. Okay. Can, you know, for, for my peace of mind, can you please tell me on the front of a crate, it should have, have her name. What does it say? And then they should be able to tell you that it's Mitzi. So, um, so those are some things um, to, to definitely know if you need to fly with your dog. Um, again, it's very, very much not recommended, but everybody has circumstances where these things come up. And a lot of people who do dog sports, um, sometimes that's the only way to get your dog there. And, and um, you guys especially know how very, very valuable your dogs are to you. So, um, so these are some tips that will help you get them there safely. I know that uh, I'm sure that for the larger dog events, people actually charter planes and things like that and then just bring the dogs inside, you know. Exactly. Actually, I'm glad that you brought that up um, because the next thing that I wanted to go over, over were um, a couple of options that you have if you do need to fly your dog. And that's one of the options, is um, is you can actually charter a plane. It's it's pretty expensive. It's more expensive than fly than flying with the normal commercial airlines, of course. But if you do have a big if you do have a big group, especially um, with people who are active in dog sports, going to say a national competition or such, then yes, that would that would be highly recommended that you charter a plane. And uh, in those cases. Um, your dogs can go in the cab in the cabin with you, and you can take care of them there, and that's a, a wonderful, wonderful option. Um, there's actually another another option that doesn't quite exist yet, but um, it's a fabulous idea. There is a company called Companion Air that is that that basically the idea is they are a commercial airline, but what they offer is that they will allow you to bring your dog in the cabin. Um, all they have, they still have to be in um, in crates and carriers that are still the USDA approved ones, but they go they actually go in the back of the cabin, so they can't be right there with you by your side. But you know that they are under the same temperature conditions that you are. Um, you may be able to go back and say hello to them um, during the flight. So it's so it's much nicer and it's a much safer way of transporting your pet. And we're going to put links to that in the show notes in the Enhanced Podcast. I, I've had the, I have the website up on the screen right now. It's actually really cute. Yes, yes. I mean, they're, they're, the whole point of this, of this airline is that they wanted to, they wanted to go ahead and, um, and start this airline because 
there are not really that many good ways to transport your pets by air. So they're they're still putting it together. They say that they are, you know, that they are hoping to be able to start booking for their first flights very soon, um, but they don't have any specific dates up yet. So keep your keep your eye out for that. You can actually sign up to be on a list for them to notify you um, whenever that happens. You can register with them. So that's so that's something that I you know that I personally would love to check out when it when it comes about. Um, the airline was started by dog lovers who wanted to bring their dog with them. So, th- so these are people where it seems that you know the good of the animals is r- pretty much what's driving their business model. So, sounds pretty promising. We'll see what happens with it. Excellent, thank you, Tara. Yeah, no, no problem. I actually do have one final thing to add. Um, just recently, the uh, U.S. Department of Transportation has put online the incident reports for airlines uh, when people have problems with their, you know, flying with their dogs. And we'll provide a link to that. And it's actually kind of, you know, if that's not discouraging as far as, you know, not wanting to take your dog online, reading these people's stories uh, certainly is kind of, um, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that these things happen, but you can actually read about the things that happen in the planes. Another thing that this gives you is the ability to kind of begin to judge airlines against each other as to which ones have more problems than other ones and things like that. And it's just recently that they've put this online for people to be able to go on and, and compare airlines, sort of. It doesn't have cumulative totals, but it will at least give you a feel. If you absolutely must do this, you can research your airline through this. Yes, yes, that's an excellent resource. So, you know, so, again, if if you should need to fly with your dog, then that's a, then that's a great one to check out. Um, and also, you know, and also, but check out charter planes because um, you may, if there happens to be a group, you know, going that you could go with, then that might be very helpful as well. Or, um, you know, or some of you may be able to find that, you know, within, within your price range, which would be absolutely wonderful as well. Um, of course, the other, the other thing that, um, that I mentioned before, uh, Wal- Walter's and my favorite mode of, of transportation with our dogs is by car. Um, now, that's, that's, a, that's a lot simpler than traveling by air, but there are still a lot of things that you need to do to prepare your dogs for that. I think we had somebody ask us a question about that, actually. About tra- about traveling by car, yes, yes. We're gonna we're gonna get to that um, in a little bit. But first, to go ahead and give you the basics, whenever you are taking your dog in a car, make sure that you have some kind of a restraint device on them. Um, either have them in a crate, and if you if you have them in a crate, you're going to want the crate to be um, tied down to the car somehow. You don't want that bouncing around if you should get in an accident. Um, they also make doggy seat belts. That's what we use on our dogs where you just, they're, they're harnesses with, uh, with special loops on them that you can either click into your, to your seatbelt um, holders or you can put, you know, strap to your seatbelts. So those, those are a big, big help. Um, it's important to restrain your dog because if, so, it, say, heaven forbid, something should happen and you are hurt, well, your dog is probably going to try to protect you which is great if the people coming towards you are ones who would hurt you more, but which is not so great if the people coming towards you are rescue personnel trying to help you. So, um, so to prevent, you know, further injury to you and injury to your dog, because, you know, depending on what happens, that there can be some pretty bad situations that come from that. Be sure to um, restrain your dog. And also, of course, um, the same as seatbelts help to keep us safe in car accidents. Restraining your dog will help to keep your dog safe. Yeah, and... I mean, I don't know how many of you guys uh, witnessed that video that was floating around where the police had stopped this family and the dog came out of the car 
and the police thought the dog was a threat, and the dog just happened to be popping out of the car to see what's going on, and the dog, you know, was killed. You know, if the dog had been wearing a doggy seatbelt, I guess, maybe that wouldn't have happened. I mean, it's just one of those things that you think about, you know, you don't realize you could be doing with your dog. Right, right. It's it's just very, very important to keep your dog safe um, for a number for a number of reasons. Those that one, unfortunately, being one of them. Um, now, all right. I mean, so this is such a happy show today. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, well, the point the point is, if you're going to do these things, you want to know the pitfalls and the challenges beforehand, and then you can plan for them accordingly and avoid them that way. So that's basically what we're trying to accomplish here. Because tra- traveling with your dog, you know, it's it's fun to be able to take them places with you. Um, you know, and especially if you go by car, there are, there are relatively few concerns, but you just want to know what you're dealing with beforehand. So, so get them their restraint device. Um, remember, as you're traveling, to be sure to let them out um, to you, to go to the bathroom. And it's a good idea to give them a little bit of water when you do that. Not not a whole lot, but um, but you know, just keep in mind that anytime that you guys need to stop, they probably do too. And since you'll be in unfamiliar territory, be sure to be very, very alert for possible hazards. Um, for example, if you're stopped at a gas station, a lot of times there will be a little grassy area that you can let them go over and use. But be really careful on the way there that there's no broken glass, that there's no broken glass on, on the grass or, um, or, or any building materials or anything else like that that may be hidden from your view at first glance. And bring the pooper bags. Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely bring the pooper bags. Uh, everybody else will appreciate you taking care of that. Um, so, so make sure that you, that you do that. Also, um, if, you, if you do not have tinted windows, the sunlight can shine on them. Um, it, can, it can be really, really intense. So make sure that if they are in direct sunlight that they are not in it for so long that they overheat you may actually want to hang something something up in your windows kind of like the screens that people put in for babies those are really good for your dogs as well so that they don't overheat there in the sunlight um, and of course you know any anywhere you go you want to bring your pet's first aid kit and food and veterinary records make sure your pet's wearing identification so that you, so that um, if he does get lost somebody can you know somebody can get in touch with you um, oh and another thing no matter how well trained your dog is to stay near you at home, be sure to keep a leash on your dog anytime they are in unfamiliar surroundings, um, especially while you're in transit, especially while you're at places like maybe gas stations or rest areas pulling off. Because um, there, you know, there are a lot of people coming in and out of there and you, know, you don't want any altercations between them and your dogs. But if your dog should, for whatever reason, see a squirrel and wander off after it, it's very easy for them to get lost in places where they are not, where they're not familiar. Um, and of course we advocate keeping your dog on lead anytime that you are, you know, outside, outside of your home or an enclosed or, or some type of an enclosed area just for their own safety. But that's especially, especially important when you're traveling, you're in unfamiliar territory. And as we said before, there may be um, broken glass, building materials, other things around that you, um, that you aren't seeing. So, um, so that's, that's pretty much um, what we want to tell you about traveling by car. Now, for the question that Walter was talking about, this is from a reader of ours named Bridget. She also sent in pictures of her two dogs, Chimi and Leah. They're really cute. And she actually wrote in about her chihuahua, who recently has um, developed some problems riding in the car. So, all right, so Bridget writes, Hi, Tara and Walter. Um, I hope you can help me with my male short-haired chihuahua, Chimmy. 
He's one and a half years old and now has been having a hard time riding in the car for the past two months or so. We often take trips up to three hours long, and recently he is very agitated while in the car. He starts shaking, then panting, and looking very upset. She says, I also have a nine-month-old female long-haired chihuahua, Leah, who is unaffected by car trips and simply falls asleep. I've tried using a kennel and a pet bed or have someone hold him. In any case, he reacts the same way. Can you tell how to calm him down in the car? Thanks, Bridget. All right. Well, Bridget, um, it, what I find most interesting about this is that it sounds like uh, Chimmy was okay for most of his life. Um, and then this st just started two months ago. So there's a number of reasons why that might be. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is um, possibly some type of an adverse incident while he was riding in the car. Um, maybe something else that he is that he's afraid that he's afraid of. Um, like so like for some dogs, you know, they may love riding in the car, but if a lightning storm starts up and that catches them off guard, or they don't like um, they don't like the lightning and thunder then that can scare them and they can come to associate that um, that adverse thing with the car. So basically, basically in their mind, they're getting punished for being in the car. Therefore, the car becomes a bad thing. Um, so that's that's the number one thing that that pops into mind. So I would say to try to think about around the time that he started getting very agitated in the car, what happened, what went on and if there was anything kind of out of the ordinary. Um, and then from then then from there, what you want to do is to try to keep those from happening. For ex for example, if it was a thunderstorm, then try to not you know try to not take him in the car unless it's bright and sunny out for a little while until he gets a little better um, until he feels a little bit better about it. Um, another thing is that it's not uncommon for dogs to have motion sickness, and just because they didn't have it before doesn't mean that they can't develop it. Um, like, I mean, t for me, for instance, instance, I mean, I'm not, I'm a person, but when I was, when I was a little kid, I had no problem with motion sickness in the car. The car was great. And as I got older, um, I started getting motion sick and it wasn't all the time. It was just certain times, certain ways of driving that it would affect me. That could possibly be happening to him as well. Um, and that, you know, and that would be another, um, adverse thing that's going on. Um, an another maybe that he is feeling a little bit insecure um, in however he's riding in the car. Say if you know one time he was riding and you had to slam on the brakes and he got thrown a little bit, that can that can really be um, a scary thing for him. So one thing that you could try for that, and I, I saw that you said that um, you tried different ways of restraining him using the kennel um, and having somebody hold him. You also gave him the pet bed to try and keep him more comfortable. So you've done a lot for him so far. Um, actually, with our little Toby, our little Chihuahua mix, he um, was not a big fan of the car, and we tried a gazillion different things. But the one thing that really calmed him down and made him enjoy the car a lot more was when we switched over to having him wear the doggy seatbelt. Um, I guess he just somehow felt that he was more, you know, secure and held in place, but still had, you know, room to move around and kind of get comfortable however he wanted to in the car. So I, w so I would suggest um, trying a seatbelt. And then the other thing that you will want to do is to just make that car his favorite place in the whole world. Um, and the way that you do that is by going outside with him to the car at a time when you're not going anywhere. Just go ahead and open up the car and sit with him in the car and just have your own little, you know, one-on-one -on -one time in the car with, what, with lots, of, uh, lots of petting and lots of loving and 
um, and treats and talking and just, you know, have a jolly old good time in the car, which doesn't mean you have to be playing necessarily, but, you know, but you're just, you know, it's there. It's good time that he gets to spend with you. Um, now, at this point, you haven't even turned the car on. You just went sat in the car, do this for maybe 30 seconds and then go ahead and leave. And what you'll want to do is do that and add a little bit more time. Um, basically, stay in the car for as long as you can keep him happy. Um, increase your time. As you start to see him be comfortable in the car for maybe five minutes, try turning the car on and doing the same thing. Now, you're not going to want to drive. Just, you know, turn the car on, have it running. Um, and then your next step would be after he's comfortable with that, go ahead and maybe just back out of the driveway. So basically what you're doing is you're just, you're starting him off where you're not driving at all and you're just having a good time and working up very, very slowly to where you'll actually be driving with him. Um, that, should, that should help him to feel um, a lot more comfortable in the car. Um, even, even, if he does, even if he does have a little bit of motion sickness, this will help him to, um, to kind of, you know, get over it a little bit to, you know, to, to feel it, but accept it and feel a little bit more comfortable with it. But um, while you're doing that, if you can, um, go ahead and cut out the long trips because those would be, you know, those would be um, adverse things for him while he's learning to love the car. But I mean, you, you basically want to try to get him to the point where he, lo he loves to go in the car and he jumps right in and he's perfectly happy in there. So go ahead and try that. Um, another thing that you can try is something called Rescue Remedy. And that is, I mean, it's, it's a natural calming agent um, that, that people use on, on dogs and actually that people use on people for all kinds of different, all kinds of different things where the person or the dog is anxious. So you can try that as well um, for in the car, and that may just relax him a little bit. So, um, so let us know as you're as you're trying these things out how how they work for you, and you know, and we'll see. And what you want to do is just you know try try these things for a little for a little while, and see if they help make a difference. And then you know you just try different things until you find one that works. So you know keep us filled in on if that works for you. And I think that brings us just about to the end of the show. Walter has some announcements for some cool new features that we've added to the site, so I'll, I'll turn it over. Well, actually, we finally did come up with a way for everyone to be able to see all the pictures that listeners like you have sent in. We've got a gallery of listener pictures on the website at caninecast.com, so now you can easily browse through all the pictures. We've also placed a random picture on the front of the page, and actually that picture is the way you get into the gallery. So just look on the right side of the page on caninecast.com for the random gallery picture from listeners like yourself. And keep sending those pictures in, by the way. And also, we received an award for podcast audio quality from podcastbunker.com. And uh, that was so awesome. And they've also sent along a picture of their mascot, Bandit the Bunker Dog. And you can see those pictures in our new gallery. Yes, we're so excited about Podcast Bunker because they um, they kind of go through the different podcasts that they receive, and you have to meet certain levels for them to post. So we're we were really excited that we made it onto that list. So um, so that's it for tonight. Some some exciting new news and things, and some tips for you all on traveling with your dogs. So I will leave you as always with this thought: If you haven't already, please spay or neuter your dog. It's the best thing that you can do for your furry friend. If you have a question for Tara or a comment about CanineCast, please leave us a voice message by calling 206-338-DOGS. That's 206-338-3647. 
or post a comment on our website at k9cast.com. That's the letter K, the number 9, cast.com.